You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Great to have you joining us. And the biggest news of the week. Good evening to my co-host and new dad, VIG. Good evening. How are you, my friend? Yeah, good. Good. A little tired, but good. We are very pumped and excited to have welcomed little Giannis into the world. How are mum and bub both doing? Mum and bub are doing great. Um, it's, it's a surreal, still surreal experience. Um, you know, hats off to all the mothers out there um, for going through what they go through. And um, hats off to the midwives as well, actually. Um, not, not just the ones that I was involved with, but all around the country and, and the world delivering babies because they do an, an incredible job. Mate, no one cares about how you're doing, so I'm not going to ask. But uh, as long as I'm mum, irrelevant now, I know that. As long as mum and bub are doing well, that's all that matters. But uh, look, mate, huge things for you coming up. But uh, it's an unbelievable experience as I've been through it before being a parent. So uh, yeah, mate, we're just uh, just going to watch in, in awe and uh, on this new journey that you and your little one and your wife take. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so it feels like we're getting back to normal with an all-you-can-eat buffet of nine games this week, so plenty for us to talk about in our Revolution Roundup. We have some other big news, not quite as big as Giannis uh, walking into the world, but we've hinted about this last week. We have a huge Sydney Derby cook-off on Wednesday the 2nd of March at the Marsden Brewhouse kicking off at 6pm. So there'll be some promo stuff coming out uh, in the next day or two to show you uh, where you can uh, get your tickets and uh, how you can be part of this amazing event. But uh, very exciting for us. Very, very exciting. Looking forward to it. Look, featuring in the blue corner, we have Sydney's gun midfielder Luke Bratton, partnering superstar celebrity chef Manu Fidel. And in the red corner, Wanderers captain Reese Williams teaming up with Laundy Hotel's top dog, Chef Jamie Gannon. So an epic showdown leading into the derby on the Saturday night at Combank Stadium, which we'll be at. But uh, before then, bragging rights up for grabs in this uh, fantastic uh, initiative we're putting together, or event that we're putting together yeah. for the Sydney derby cook-off. Yeah, and look, the listeners will be uh, happy to know that you and I aren't cooking; we're just hosting. So <laughs> that's 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 the best news to come out of all that. We've got some, uh, uh, you know, the talent that's coming down is is incredible, and uh, best news is that you and I will not be uh, behind the uh, behind the tools in the kitchen. Yeah, well, look, the good thing is if there's anything that I uh, share similar with. Uh I suppose any chefs, it's me sometimes having a whinge like Gordon Ramsay. So I don't cook like him. So thank God I am not uh, going to be in the kitchen. I'm just going to be in there uh, with you hosting the event and uh, getting to chat to the, the real stars of the of the show and the stars of the cook-off. But uh, yeah, look, really, really exciting for us. And uh, it's it's coming on us very fast. It's next Wednesday, if you believe it. It is. So yeah, get down there. There'll be some yeah, there'll be some promo stuff coming out on, on, on all our socials, and you can also check it out on the Wanderers and Sydney FC's page as well as. Uh, uh, Laundy Hotels and Manu and so on. So it's a cast of thousands and uh, plenty of stars. We're not two of them, but uh, we're happy to be mixed in with them. We're definitely <laughs> not the stars, but I'll, I'll, I'm happy to be there. So moving on to some other pretty cool news. Amazing to see young Christian Volpato score his first Serie A, go- a Serie a goal off the bench to help Mourinho's Roma snatch a draw against Verona. So quite impressive coming back Huge. from 2-0 down. Huge. Um, and I watched the interview of him after the game. In Italian. In Italian, I didn't know what I was saying, but it, it was no. It was you could you can just see in that in the kid's eyes how much it means to him and how much he wants to make it at, at the very top. Um, you know, yeah, he's he's come off come on uh, off the bench for for Jose Mourinho, but 
he wants to go all the way in that Roma team. He wants to be, uh, you know, a regular player in that team and play at the highest level. You can just see it in his eyes. Look, it must be. It might just be me, but I got a rush knowing he's an Australian. He's from from here. Well, okay, he's also could be an Italian, but uh, that's beside the point. It, it just gives you a massive rush. So you can only imagine when it's your own child and they achieve things. How how uh, big a thrill it is for you because. I, we sort of feel like it's ours. Like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, we're part of it. We're a small part of that. Well, we need to make him ours quick. So <laughs> I was going to ask you, he hasn't committed to Australia or he, Italy yet and they're chasing hasn't. him. He's pulled the pin a few times on uh, under-19s appearances and uh, coming into camp for both the Socceroos and for the, uh, the Azzurri. What's, what's he going to do? We've got to chase him hard. We've got, we, they must do everything they can um, to get him. If that means giving him a cap in the next, uh, in the next qualifiers, so be it. Look, based, uh, based uh, on the last couple of games I've seen, you could do a lot worse than a guy who's currently now starting. Oh, 100%. In, he's, he's training he's with... in a Serie A starting team under Mourinho. He's training with Jose Mourinho, arguably one of the, the greatest coaches of all time, not not just in world, in the world. You know, he's, he's up there, one of the top coaches. And he's playing for a huge club in Italy, in Roma. And he's training with some, some great players, right? So... Regardless if he's not, you know, all right, he's not starting every single every single week. He's just he's only made a few appearances off the bench. Um, I still think he's in an environment that is good enough to put him in the frame for a soccer selection. It's an amazing launch pad. So just before we move on, VIG stats man, who was the last Australian to score in the Italian top flight? Oof. I'm not 100 percent sure. I know this answer. You, you know my research is not great, but uh, is it Bresciano? Yeah, I, I believe it was either in the 2019, 2010 team when he was at Palermo. So uh, it's been a long time. 10. That's a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, a, it's 12 ago. years ago that we last There's, scored in Serie A. Well, there probably hasn't been another Aussie that's played in Serie yeah, A since then. The last player was um, Sainsbury in 2016. There we go. Played, for one, played one game for Inter or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, he put a tracksuit on and yeah. did a couple of laps around the stadium. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it goes to show 2016 is a long time ago. 2009, 2010. This is even a long, long, long time yeah. ago. So, yeah, look, amazing things for him. And we wish wish uh, Christian Volpato uh, all the luck in the world in the, in the coming weeks for Roma. But we also hope that we can uh, get our, our fishing tackle out and we can reel this kid in because he could be something really special and could be the future of Australian football. So moving on, a player escape room as you are now a new dad. Um, I suppose when you become a new dad or mum, it's all about the memories your kids make. And I'm living it, and you're just starting the amazing journey. So this week, what we're going to do is mash up of some of our best bits and memories of our player escape room so far this season. So we're going to grab some of those really cool bits that we've loved uh, bringing to you or that we've really just looked at each other when the players have said it and said, you know, that's a moment. So there's plenty of those coming your way with uh, your little fella, but yeah. and I've had plenty in the last 11 years with uh, with my little man. So, yeah, we just thought we'd take a trip down memory lane and remind the listeners of uh, some of the cool guests we've had on, some of the funny things they've said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this project that we're doing with us is our little baby, so let's go back and, and look at the best parts. Of course. Our uh, our revolving uh, segment this week, uh, look, there's been a lot going on with you having your newborn and stuff, so what we've decided we'll do is we'll uh, we'll, we'll start to bring back a, a favourite of ours or two favourites of ours. It's like the lost children. Uh, fucked or fiction and lost in translation. So we think we're pretty good at this. We think uh, that, you know, fucked or fiction is a good way of trying to work out, uh, you know, stories that are happening in world football and are they real or are they, you know, is there some, um, I suppose, some sugar coating around them or is there some fairy dust that's not actually existing? And lost in translation, quite often you can't actually hear what uh, the players are saying. So we're going to have a good crack at telling you what they were actually saying or what they're actually thinking. So we'll chat about that a little bit later in the show. And uh, just before we get into Revolution Roundup, it's time for my rap. Go for it. 
Okay, so in a week full of double headers, no team could win twice. And for some time, some teams, it's time to start rolling the dice. Western United eyeing silverware currently at the top, and at the other end, poor Brisbane would need to sign Klopp. So uh, <laughs> I'm not we- sure Klopp would go to Brisbane. <laughs> well, well, maybe Fowler. Will. Robbie Fowler went there. I was going to say yeah. they got Robbie Fowler. So um, let's get into the Revolution Roundup. As I said before, there's nine games this week, so um, lots to get through, and uh, we've got plenty of other stuff later in the show. So let's smash through these. So on Tuesday, uh, the game fest started. Melbourne City unfortunately uh, <laughs> lost one two uh, one to Adelaide United. So. Best way to sum this up was defensive errors and disallowed goals hog all the highlights, but the headlines still read Adelaide fought back from a goal down uh, early to stun the champions 2-1 on their patch. Yeah, look, J-Mac, J-Mac when he scores the opener, you think he's in form, he's finding his rhythm. I think that was the fourth game in a row that he scored. Um, but then they just allow Adelaide back in the game and then Kyle Jenkinson, awful back pass to, um, to let, who who's, was it? Uh, Toure in? Yep. Yeah, so... Um, Look, I watched this game with one eye on my phone, other eye misses going into labour. So, um, you know, it was <laughs> Melbourne City at home. You'd expect them, expect them to win that game, especially against Adelaide team. Adelaide were thinking up when they down. saw that all day, Toure. Yeah. Just give them those back oh, passes. It, it I'm scoring a, those. It was a gift, right? It was a gift and they pounced on it. Actually, Craig Goodwin had a, had a great chance just uh, earlier on as well. Um, you know, so there, there were a couple there were a couple of chances Um you know, Melbourne City could have gone 2-0 up. I think J-Mac had another chance as well. So just the way the game sort of... Uh, Melbourne City sort of let it get away from them. They let invited Adelaide back in and then gave them the win in the end. It was the week of gifts, as you'd know. So moving on to the next game, the, the, there was two games on the Wednesday. It was the Phoenix 3-0 winners over the Raw. So Wellington new boys, Wooten and Sandoval steal the show with a third from the classy Piscopo to send the Raw home with nothing. The silver lining, though is the emergence of Henry Hoare, who was unlucky not to have had a brace and yeah. uh, he's starting to find his feet very quickly. And I suppose the downside about having a team that finds it hard to score and, and a team that doesn't really have any stars is you can give Play opportunities youth. to young guys and let them start to uh, float and rise to the top a lot quicker than they would if you're in, a, say, a Melbourne City where at one stage you had Marco Tilio, one of our probably our best young player, can't even get a gig. So, yeah, good good things for uh, for Wellington and uh, unfortunately for Brisbane, they've gone back to the bad old days of <laughs> not getting any anything from a game and no goals, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, Sandoval, he's the new De Vier, isn't he? Great, great finish. I was going to say, it, it, is, it is a big call. That's a big call to, that, to label him that, but he's, he's shown the potential already. Hey, he's coming to a league he doesn't know much about and it would be totally different to the leagues he's played in before. And he's just taken to it like a duck to water. So, yep. um, yeah, look, big call. But uh, if, if he turns out to be half as good as uh, Davia was for the Phoenix, I think they'll take that. Well, that's good. If he's only half as good, <laughs> that means they might be able to keep him for two or three seasons, right? Yeah, it's true. If he's if he's uh, any bit as good or he what, wins what any about, awards, what about, he's gone. What about the bromance between uh, Satirio and uh, Piscopo that's, that's brewing over there? I heard you know, they're buying each other coffees in the morning and... You know, when they're on away trips, they're rooming together and bringing each other meals and coffees and, and whatnot. So, yeah, um, if one of them gets signed, the, the deal is that you take the other one along for the uh, for the ride. So, yeah. good, that's probably a better deal, I'd say, for Satirio than it is for Piscopo. Yeah, but definitely. <laughs> keep an eye out for that. So, the second of the Wednesday games was the Wanderers at home against the Victory, where they ran out 2 0 winners. So, Victory's FFA Cup hangover continues as they lose three on the trot, whilst the Wanderers hand Rudney's second win in charge of the Black and Reds. The victory needs to find their attacking weapons as it's hard to turn these results around with one shot on target. And to, to be saying that th- two weeks ago, you would have thought I was cracking jokes, but at the moment, they are a misfiring uh, attacking unit. 
yeah, if you told me after the FFA Cup they were going to go on and lose three games in a row in the league, I would have said, you're off your head. You, yeah, you haven't been sleeping because no, you've got no a newborn. Ch- yeah, there's no, ch- <laughs> yeah, there's no chance that's happening. Um, but they've been they've been a bit suspect at the back. Uh, the keeper, Kelleva, hasn't been – he's just been a little erratic. Um, Decision-making hasn't been hasn't been top-notch. I don't, I don't know, you know – Maybe they are still hungover, literally hungover. Um, or maybe they're missing GK Chef more than they realise. So as soon as his contract had finished and he went back home and Acton took over his uh, his backup keeper duties, they've really struggled to do anything. Yeah. So uh, GK Chef, maybe you're the lucky charm. Maybe bring GK Chef back and, <laughs> and potentially, like Acton, he should be putting his hand up for a start soon, I think. Yeah. So uh, the first of the – or the only Friday game, Melbourne City uh, – Got back to winning ways. Doesn't take very long, does it, usually, for City. So um, they were 3-0 winners against the Jets. City, welcome back, uh, PK. Um, and I suppose the key word here for City, and I suppose compared to the Jets, is is uh, depth. Kolakowski, Metcalf, Good, and Pucarelli on the on the pine. And you look on the Jets bench, and I, no disrespect, I don't recognise anyone on there, which means what chance have you got of changing a game or turning a tide when you've got guys there? Okay, they have to start somewhere. They're, everyone's a rookie at one time in their career, but uh, when you're playing against a team like City, they have to be bloody good rookies. Yeah, look, it's, <laughs> it's just a, that's a match of big club against little club at the moment. Um, when you've got the likes of McLaren firing, Leckie firing, and then Jenkinson making up for his, his mistake earlier in the week. Um, you know, and then... To, to add to that, Taylor Regan gets sent off. You know, he's just come back from, from overseas. I think he's been in Malaysia for a couple of years. Um, but over there, he wouldn't have seen anyone like Tilio. Tilio no. toyed with the Jets all evening and was the cause of him getting red carded because Tilio was playing yeah. with uh, the Jets, yeah. wasn't he? He was just running, running at him with speed. Um, and, you know, that's hard to defend against. Even, even an experienced player like Taylor Regan, he's been, played in the A-League for many years, been overseas, come back now. Um, he was just a little off the pace. It was slow motion. When Tilio cut inside, that tackle was like yeah. slow motion. Yeah. And it goes to show how sharp Tilio is. Yeah. And maybe the league's not as good as it should be over wherever he was because he's come back and he's a little bit off the pace. But look, he's a fighter and hopefully for the Jets' sake, he does get himself back up to speed. But a uh, couple of quick things. So Berengay to J-Mac, pure poetry in motion. Oh. Wasn't it beautiful to watch? He's, he's been he's been arguably maybe the player of the season, Berengay, so far. Oh, I'm throwing oh, de- out there. Look, look, like de- he's he's definitely up there in the, in the conversation. 100%. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's up there in the, uh, yeah. the top couple. Yeah. And when he first, like, when he first got to the league... I honestly thought, you know, this guy's nothing special. But it goes to show... That you're a clown and you don't know what you're saying. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. But it goes to show that sometimes it takes people time to adapt. Uh, they play in different systems, different coaches. Um, but he's, he's found his feet now and he's, he's on fire this season. I don't know if he just feels more comfortable within, within himself. Um, he's got more confidence playing under PK than he did under um, the previous coach, the, what's the French Lombards. guy. Yeah, Lombards. Yep. yep. Um, so look, he's he, he looks comfortable, he looks confident, and he's he's killing it at the moment. Look, stating the obvious, Jets need to find a third and fourth gear because they have to get some consistency. Right, they're either in neutral or first, or they're in fifth gear. There's nothing in between at the moment. What do they yeah. do? How do they get around this? Where one week they're well beaters, and the next week they're park park hackers. Yeah, it's tough because you know to to win a league or to be up there, you need to be consistent. So they need to, you know bring the highs and the lows closer together and find that happy medium, whether it be, you know, changing formation, changing in squad players, starting 11, um, 
they need to find that consistency. Maybe they've had too much rotation, players coming in and out, resting players. But we've, we've tried now, but we've tried now for months, right? Every time we analyse them, they're good one week and not the next we go. Maybe it's because they've been off too long. Maybe now that they they've had a few games together, they're a bit tired. We just can't seem to find it. Every time you think you've found, it's like I tell you what, and this yeah. is probably applicable for you. When you start trying to put your baby to sleep and you're starting to burp him and, and or him or her and you're trying to change now and you start to think, oh, I've got this. And then all of a sudden, next night, there's happens. something different. It's just like, yeah. what, what's this? This is the Jets at the moment. You just can't seem to find or diagnose what their issue is. Every single time you think you've got it, something else pops up. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what the answer is, but um, hopefully Arthur Pappas does. <laughs> yeah, look, he's, he's got a job on his hands there. But uh, moving on to the other – was that the Saturday game, the first one? Um, I don't know. What are we up to now? Oh, yeah, so that was – sorry, that was the that was Friday good. game. So the first of the uh, three Saturday games was the uh, the Phoenix, uh, their second game of the week, up against Sydney FC, which ended in a 1-1 draw. Uh, Wellington extend their undefeated run to six, and Sydney getting back some reinforcements. So uh, Barbara, Barbara Roosters came off the bench uh, after a f- quite a few weeks off, and uh, Redmayne was back in between the sticks. So is that a uh, – uh, an indication that uh, he's their man and no matter how well that uh, Howard Bell's done the last few weeks, uh, their soccer room man is going to be there when the season starts to heat up a bit? Yeah, look, uh, Redmayne's, he's going to be the number one there. Um, find it a bit stiff on um, on Howard Bell because I think he's he's been brilliant. His last game, you know, he, he saved them and, and got them points. So um, to go and drop Drop the kid after that. I was going to say, is, is there a right difficult? time? Should they have done it straight away? Not waited until he's kept going well. He hasn't done anything well, wrong, and then you get rid of him. Potentially, yes. Like if if he's if he, if Redmayne is the hundred percent number one, then why didn't he play last week? Yeah, right. They should have just. If Redmayne's away with international duty, can't play. He would build. Just plays, rip the bandage right? off straight away. Straight away. Yep. Well, he's. They've gone and given him an, an extra game. I don't know why. I don't know if if there was another issue with Redmayne, but. He's gone and performed out of his skin. He's he's got them the points, and then next week he's on the point. So, what what type of message are you sending to him? Are you saying to him you can go and play, train as good as you want, you can play as good as you want, but Redmayne's one hundred percent the number one, and you're number two. Yeah, look, how's that? How's that for your confidence? Yeah, look, it is hard to swallow, but look, they're professionals, and unfortunately, you get some bum decisions, you know, throughout your career. A lot of times, you get bum decisions. You just have to learn how to bounce back from them. But uh, look, more of a concern was not down that end of the pitch, but for me, sitting up the other end. So they need some shooting practice this week. They've had twenty-five shots for the day. They did score a good goal, a good team goal, and uh, were unlucky a few times. I think uh, Burgess hit the post, and um, you but know, they, but they twenty-five shots for one goal is a yeah, abysmal it's, return, it's, isn't it's it? Not, it's not. It's good. not good. It's if not if good. I think Amini had a chance in the first half. If that was the stock the market, oh, you'd you just done your money. You wouldn't be jumping on it. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a horrible return. Your investment. It is. It is. Yeah, Amini played a one-two. I think the defender put a pretty tough tackle on Alfie. Alfie went down, which opened up the space for Amini to come through one-on-one with the keeper, and he could have hit it anywhere, and he probably would have scored, and he hit it straight at the keeper. Yeah, saying that. Two words, Ollie Sale. Yeah, he doesn't need any help. Yeah, Unbelievable. He He's earned his pay with a string of uh, quality saves, none better than the the late uh, when he the late oh. save to deny Bobo. No, the one with Bobo around the post. So oh, brilliant! Not brilliant. the one over no, the bar, but the one over the th- other there one, was yeah. plenty. There was there was a handful to, he, to choose from. He was man of the match. Oh, he was. He was brilliant. And the one thing that confused me, though, was so Burgess, as I said, was lively all day, and I think he's coming into his own. I don't think we saw the best of him uh, at West United, but I think we're starting to see, uh, you know, he has a great left foot, and he's a, he's probably just a, no disrespect, a poor man's version of Goodwin. He's very all left-sided, and he's dangerous. But for me, I can't work out why, when the standout for the season at Sydney for me has been Caceres, why you've got him out on the right. 
You've got in the centre of the park, you've got Amini who, okay, I don't care what reputation you come with, he's not going anywhere near as good as Caceres. And the other centre midfielder was was a Burgess. It was Burgess, yeah. I'd rather Burgess on the left. on one side. Yeah, I'd rather, but yeah. think, I'd rather Burgess out on one they, side, let him have a bit of freedom and play because Caceres is, yeah. is good at slowing things down. He's not Luke Bratton, but he's the closest they have. Armini at the moment, yeah. he used to be like, he goes a million miles an hour now. Yeah. And, and look, uh, Caceres, when he was playing more central, that's that's when he was getting on the score sheet as well because he's getting in around the box, balls are getting cut back to him, um, and he's and he's finishing. So to to move him to move him around like that, um, yeah, I, I don't. I'd, I'd have him. I'd have him playing centrally. Potentially Burgess on the left. Um, you know, Amini and 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 Ninko on the right or the other way around. I don't know. And look, when Sydney is sitting on top of the table like they've been in the past. Bimby can say to me, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. But at the moment when you've struggled and had a pretty inconsistent season with a quality playing roster, I know you've had a few injuries. Maybe, yeah, listen, because the Redmayne decision's strange. The Caceres decision's strange. So at the moment, he's not making the right choices. He's done it plenty in the past. He's chose the right the right side. He's gone left when he should have gone left and right when he should have gone right at the moment. I think I say left, he goes right, and it doesn't seem to be working. So, look, only time will tell uh, if if he, he starts to, to get things right again. But uh, moving on to the second of the Saturday games, uh, Bulls gave Adelaide a, a lesson in uh, how to fight back. So 4-1 winners were the Bulls. Um, where was Where was the Adelaide that beat City earlier in the week? Is it travel? I don't know. What do we put it down to? Look, you, you can't say travel. You, you know, that's that's not an excuse these days. You know, traveling to, well, to were, play an away game. Yeah, but they were Look, at City. It, they honestly, were at City earlier in the week in Melbourne, and then they've this, had to come to, yeah, to Sydney and play against the Bulls. Seeing this game, it was literally boys against men, and we've said that about Adelaide a few times um, this season and and in the past that sometimes you know they they need to find that consistency because they, they do have a young a youngish squad. And they've also had a lot of disruptions. They've this year. had a lot of disruptions, yes, but they're, they're you know not not too dissimilar to Newcastle. Whereas one week they can be unbelievable, and the next week they can just the wheels come off. Yeah, but the biggest concern for for me with Adelaide is the fact that the night started really well when Goodwin gave them the lead, but it fizzled out really quickly. Now, for a team who's had a lot of changes, for a team who we say is is inexperienced, when you get to a good start, you expect that you know you're at least going to be in the competition. You know, you're going to be able to fight for something out of this game. They got smacked 4-1. It could have been 6 or 7-1. Yeah. And, and to top it off, uh, Al Hassan Toure scores and celebrates like, you know, celebrates like there's no tomorrow, right, against his former club. So that goes to show that maybe him leaving, there was a break in the relationship or, or something. It, it wasn't just a, you know, I'm, go, I'm, going, I'm going to another club. It, something had broken there. Um, he yeah, he, he, made, he had left. an excellent cameo He uh, Not only did he grab himself an excellent goal uh, And an assist uh, and Look I don't know if you can count an assist The, the yeah. defenders came in and tackled each other like uh, like a comedy show And end up the ball falling to Ruse And he, and he put it in the back of the net So yeah. look maybe he can say it was an assist But uh, he was he was really good And I think Noon and Davia were the masterminds um, Of a, a very solid uh, Bulls victory It wasn't perfect But it's a lot better than what it's been in the past. And at least Craig Noon was in the right position playing as a, an attacking midfielder, not as a wing, back. a wing back. So hopefully Ante has heard to what, what we said. Must Ad- be listening. Yeah. Be listening. And Adelaide were their worst own enemies with a few poor mistakes, but uh, look, they just want to put that uh, performance behind them. And the last of the Saturday games was uh, the victory, uh, 1-0 winners against the Mariners. So victory in their losing streak, thanks to Villapay. Villapay? Villapay. There we go. 94th minute winner. But it was a, wasn't a vintage performance, and another one that the Mariners will be saying to themselves: "We let that slip away." Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, maybe a draw in the end would have been a, a fair result, but it was a pretty, 
pretty dour first half, not much happening, um, except for the bloody VAR debacle. Can we, can we chat about that? Oh, we can, but I, look, I think... Is it not worth... Uh, it's not worth four minutes? I don't think it's worth four minutes, but the other thing is, with the quality of players on the pitch, neither side's finishing was up to scratch. No. You've it was, had it was you've had a lot of shots, 20-odd, 25 shots between you, and you've only been able to get one goal out of that. And there was shanks, there was missed kicks, there was uh, normally side-footed footed into the back of the net, miles into the grandstand. So, yeah, it was just an off night for both, but I think for the Mariners... They do everything right throughout, or ninety-five percent of things right. They make one mistake, they miss one chance, and instead of having a one-all draw, one-nil win, they end up losing one-nil. And too often this year, they're on the wrong end of those those you know sliding door moments. So whereas for victory, any sort of result was a win was a win. Doesn't matter how you got it. They, they had to break. They, they need to break. The, they need to break the the duck, didn't they, or the drought? Um, I thought Falami was was brilliant. Um, if we if we go back to that VAR, Brimmer knew straight away it was offside. So why can't we just you know? You see it, bang, draw the line, he's offside. He's either onside or offside. He was offside, that's it. Um, Valupele coming on, scoring the winner. Great ball from from Economides. Um, but like you said, Central Coast not finding a way to either close out a game or to win a game. They're, they're, they're in that, I don't know, that, that weird, where, where they just can't get it over the line sometimes. So they're basically the, the football version of lost in maybe transition, not translation. Yeah, <laughs> is that a better way to yeah summer? potentially yeah they they just and what you need is you need to stay together for next year and then you've learnt from these lessons but if you lose these players and you start from scratch again you've learnt nothing this year so yeah. look it's a tough learning curve moving on to the two Sunday games so Perth playing back to back games haven't said that in a while they've run out two nil winners against the Raw two mistakes two goals for Bruno to give the glory a much needed win and condemning the Raw to a fantastic week no points no goals in two games. That was sarcastic to say. Back you know. to the Brisbane, the Brisbane of old, <laughs> the Brisbane of the Brisbane snore, the, the Brisbane before we did um, Big Stats Man. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was that, wasn't it? <laughs> it back. was, it was back. But uh, back. will we ever see Hey Fornaroli, Keo, and Sturridge start together? Good question. Am I asking too much? You are asking a lot because one, three of them would all have to be fit at the same time. Well, they were all there and on they, the weekend. They're all there. They're all in the same. They're all in the same stadium. So that's that's a, that's scored, a plus. Bruno scored two, so he's going to keep his spot. Keo came off the bench and Sturridge in a winning team. So surely there's an opportunity for the all three of them to start, or are they just going to keep yeah. keep rotating yeah. the front Look, man? The problem is, I would love to see the three of them start up front. You know, maybe Bruno in the middle and Keo and and Sturridge off off him. Um, whether they have the players then behind them to support that, to have three midfielders behind them, I'm not too sure. You got you got Brandon O'Neill, um, you know, captain. He'll, he'll you think he'd start, and then the the two others. Do you go with the two two young kids like a Daniel Steins and um, you know oh, they they signed uh, that Sardinero. I don't know. So whether they can squeeze the you know, the big three in Fornaroli, uh, Keo and Sturridge up top. Maybe they can promote it as a special event like ours and say they, they're going to tell people when those three will start just once as a collector's edition. And then, yeah, and then come down. Well, look, <laughs> I would love to see it. I would, I'd love to see this it. This is the best rant I'm going to have this whole show. What the freck? He was on the bench. Yeah. He started yeah. Jordan Holmes. Was this – he preferred him? Was he dropped? Is he just rotating because the young kids played – X amount of games in a row, and so he just wanted to give the guy, give give Freck a break. I don't, I don't Freck's know. Freck's been well, really, really, really good. Uh, he has, and he's I, been a highlight for them this year. What is Moon thinking? Yeah, it was a blue moon. He's once, the dark side once, of the moon. It was a once in a blue moon, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. So maybe it was just that it was some sort of cycle or sign that he saw, and he's like, you know what? I've got to change the goalkeeper for this game. Um, maybe he's been, I don't know. He's been watching Sydney. 
Potentially, yeah. <laughs> I don't I'll, know. I'll no but yeah, it's a bit strange. Look, maybe you can do your homework for next week and find out why uh, Jordan Holmes was in over Freck. But uh, look, no disrespect to Jordan Holmes, and you know he would have been p- wrapped and pumped and t- to get his opportunity. But I think Freck has been fantastic this year, and even if he's made a mistake here or there, so's Allison, so's uh, you know, so does Hugo Lloris. The Everybody Gaya, does. David De Gea has been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's made some mistakes this year. So one last little happens. point I'd like to make: so Raw had 17 attempts on goal, and five hit the target. To the glory, seven shots, three on target. And the team that only had seven shots, <coughs> excuse me, scores two goals. And the other team that had 17 shots scores none. So moral of the story is the Raw desperately need a striker. They missed uh, Milanusic. So he was, he's was he been chiming in, even though he's not an out-and-out out, uh, 20 goals a season man. He's been chiming in. Uh, as I said before, Lescano, that one goal he got, I think that's his uh, – every dog has his day. I think Lescano's had his luck for the year, for his life. Um, so they need something. So straight away now, you walk in, if Moon does stay for more than many moons, he stays for you know <laughs> another season, he needs to walk into the club and say, whatever we buy next year, we can't lose Freck, we can't lose – uh, Hall, we can't lose any of these guys. And in saying that, Hall gave away the penalty, which you know, comes with experience. And uh, he's, it goes to show he's a good attacker, but his defence needs a bit of work. But they need a striker. They need somebody who knows where the goals are and how to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, look, they haven't had a, a out-and-out striker since Barisha left, right? So um, they, they, they tried the to, slippery they, fish. They tried. To, it was a slippery fish after him. Uh, it was maybe before and after. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think he, he went. <laughs> he went away and he come back. They they, <laughs> they let go of him and then he's back. Um, but yeah, they, they need they need a focal a focal point up top. Um, you know, you, you can't you can't be consistent in this league if you don't have someone scoring goals for you consistently. And that Brisbane Raw need that desperately. Okay, moving on to the last game of the weekend, which was uh, the second Sunday game. Western United uh, won out, ran out winners three two over the Western Sydney Wanderers. How do you give up sixty six percent of possession but still get your seventh win of the season? That is one of those shows, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not. This is, this is multiple times now throughout the year, Western United say to the other team, you can have the ball, but we have Leo LaCroix, we have the human force field, Jamie Young. Jamie Young, Josh Risden. Yeah, so we'll suck up all the pressure, and then when you think you're half a chance of beating us, we go sucker punch, one-two kapow, and, and they've yeah. done it consistently. Yeah, look, I think... I think James Teresi summed it up pretty well at the end of the match that, you know, Western uh, Western Sydney have lost that match on on the back of a once in a, a lifetime, once in a career moment, right, in that um, scorpion kick by Ben Garuccio. Yeah, look, Is I, that, the, the the outrageous improvisation from Garuccio to ensure the points was was amazing, but I think they're also trying to hide from the fact there that uh, same old story for the Wanderers. They made a few mistakes. And Western United's class punished them. Um, you know, yep. I suppose. Okay, that was a great. Th- the, the young centre back uh, Kianka, I think um, the boy over for Previch, he was he was he was lost lost in translation, lost in transition. He he was he was all over the place. Yeah, um, the, the f- it, was, it was a lovely finish, and the keeper, even the keepers, come out um, in no man's land to be it, chipped. So, but, even, it was but just even the second, even the se- the second goal, which was Garuccio's first. Diamante put up a little bit of a midfield bomb, which is not a usual pass from him. It went up in the air. No one from Western uh, from Western City Wanderers challenged the ball. They then brought it down, let him overlap, played him behind his scores. It should have been diffused 
10 seconds before it even got to Garuccio. So it's just not enough desperation in the Wanderers at the moment. And look, to be honest, I, I think um, the Wanderers have some quality, but they need certain players to fix issues. So I'd like to see them give Rudin the chance to bring in his own troops like Popper has at uh, at the victory. I think it's a bit harsh for them to say, okay, like I'm, I'd love to stop hearing them saying if Marco Rudin fails, these are the people that we could possibly be bringing in. Okay, no disrespect after four games. What's Arthur Pappas, who they're mentioning, has done for the Jets this year? Yeah, I agree. I don't think he set the world on fire. He's done a fair job. But If if you're a coach and you come in midway through the season, you you need time to bring in your players as well. Um, But the problem is the Wanderers, they don't have time right now, right? It's now or never for them. They need to get their act together. They need to be winning football matches. They need to be, you know, back in the top six. Look, which, when, which when, they're, I think they're six points out of the top six at the moment. Yeah, but when right? you have a season like like that, when you're a massive club like the Wanderers, their sole objective this year is to get into the top six. No matter how they get in there, it doesn't matter if they have a double points round and they go double or nothing to, to win a game. Whatever they have to do, and then next year, Rudin gets the opportunity to say, thank you very much, see you later, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, I want this, 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 and this to add to the Tom Hammonds and the Yagarkovic and the guys I've got, and then you let him have a full crack. For them to start saying now well, if he fails, but why? He's inherited people that Robinson couldn't do anything with and probably three coaches before that. So I don't think it's fair. So, look, at the end of the day, Rudin needs to have an opportunity. Uh, look, the Wanderers, they're a big club. The league's better when they're going well. So, look, so far I think he's – is he two from four or is he two from five? I think he's two from five or something well, he's two like from that. five. Look, it's not great, but at the moment, like I said, look, it's it, not like they It's one more top- win than they had with, uh, with Robbo, right? Yeah, but they're not being outplayed either. Basically, yeah. they're into the, in the game up to their eyeballs, and then all of a sudden, a half scorpion kick, a mistake from a young bloke, and they just keep making these these absolute, uh, you know, um, they're making life difficult for themselves. Yeah, but they, they, these are these are like death sentence mistakes they make. Yeah. It's not like you give away a corner; they give away a goal. So, look, that's the end of our Revolution Roundup. Plenty that we've uh, wrapped up. And uh, if we've missed anything, then, uh, like I said, I don't know how we would have. But uh, up after the break is our player escape room. But rather than have uh, one of our star guests, it's a mashup of our best bits, which we've, uh, I suppose, dedicated to the newest addition to the Football Revolution family, young Giannis Gershbeck. So we'll be speaking to you after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Now in the player escape room is a man who not only made over 200 appearances for PL Giants Newcastle United, but we were fortunate enough to watch him in the A-League for a few seasons with the Wellington Phoenix. Please welcome to the show, legendary, now retired defender, Stephen Taylor. G'day, mate. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Mate, uh, I don't know what sort of response I'll get here, but I'd kick myself if I didn't ask. So uh, I've really been enjoying watching Sunland Till I Die. Is it something you've yeah. watched or being a... a, a Black and white through and through. You can't yeah, you bleed no, black and white. Have I, you watched I, it? Yeah, I watched it. And to be fair, it was it was enjoyable for me. You know, seeing the Mackums crying. Um, <laughs> and having face like slap backsides. And it just just proves my point. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad. He's I, watched, so I reckon he's watched it a few times. <laughs> a few times. I've got to repeat. I've got to give it a rewind. Pause. Happy days. Yeah, for right. sure. Next one up. If you could change one FIFA rule, what would it be? One fee for all. Look, when you're out in the pitch, you're probably running around going, you know, we just play the game and get paid. But, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Mine is the way that they uh, they know it's offside. They keep letting you play for another five minutes. You hit a pigeon and then all of a sudden they go, no, mate, five minutes ago you were offside. So come back here and, and, we'll, and we'll call it offside. If you see it offside, don't you just call it? Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Yeah, just call it straight away. It saves us running 50 metres back, especially for the defenders. They find it a pain in the arse, I'm assuming. So. How are you finding the VAR? 
I don't mind it. Um, as long as it ticks over a reasonable amount of time that the decision's made, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It comes in handy. Look, we'll come and ask you at the end of the year if it's cost you 10 goals in the golden boot. All right? So <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how well you're going. See <laughs> we'll how much, much you're like it then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, la- last one. Um, if a genie granted you one wish, what would it be? Probably be a bit taller. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't say the Olympics, you can't say winning the championship, so they're all ticked off, but a little bit taller. So, look, mate, I, you, no one's perfect. Mate, and one more question before we get into the two games I like to play with my guests. So we've seen that you're a bit of a, uh, a Lego, a big Lego fan recently, and I know they've released the new camp in Old Trafford. If they bring out the Allianz Stadium when it's complete, will you be one of the first people lining up to buy it? Yeah, I'd love that. Be really <laughs> I knew we'd get you on that I'd one. Actually, I'd actually like to step in it myself yeah, before I, know. I build the Lego. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd love to see it first. But uh, on that, yeah, by by all accounts and what we've been told, it seems like it's going to be a fantastic stadium. So I, I can't wait to see it. Well, look, it looks like in the near future, the first one you'll step on will be the real stadium. But uh, if we get the Lego one, it sounds like that'd be a bonus. What's it like training most days with Dia Magic Diamante? Oh. Uh, yeah, well, what, what can I say? Um, incredible player. He's had an incredible career. Um, learning off him every day is unreal. And just the vibes that he brings too. He's not your typical old veteran. You know what I mean? He loves, he loves the young fellas and, um, the energy that he brings to the team is incredible. And, um, yeah, I just think learning off these, these players, sort of players that have played overseas and that you want to play. He's played for West Ham. He's played in Italy, top division. He's played, he's even represented his country sort of uh, having having the knowledge that he, he knows in your team is incredible and just learning off him every day is um, it's unreal. Like, it's just what you want, really, as a footballer. If you could change one FIFA rule, what would it be? One FIFA rule? Yeah. Like, like, mine would be get rid of the throwing. Play, put the ball on the deck, just kick it in. Um... What an actual FIFA like the game like the game FIFA no, rule as in, or, as in as in a rule now whether it be some a rule in the A League or whether it be a rule in in world like, football what would you get rid of now if you could to do it so six seconds goalkeepers stepping off their line for a penalty so that's gone right. so if we could ma- wave our magic wand that'd be gone tomorrow yeah yeah I'll see what obviously I can do. you know like with all due respect like no offense the striker has a whole goal to hit at you know he's got <laughs> seven meters to hit at. And the referee pulls you up if you're a centimetre off your line. Like, I think that's just pathetic. That needs to go. And, and, and the striker can run. He can run from any angle he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, exactly they're right. Doing, they're doing curved runs now. They're running yeah. you know, straight yeah, line exactly. on his tiptoes. That's popper. one rule that has to go 100, 110%. I love right. your manners, Mark, but no, no disrespect. I don't care. If they don't like it too bad, they're not on the show tonight. So, mate, you can say whatever you like. We've had a couple COVID quarantines. Um, so in between that, trying to train where we can when we've got a, enough people to form a training and then a bit of golf, I guess. Quite a few of the boys are into, the, into their golf, so we get a good group of lads together and play, played a couple of rounds recently. So you're into the golf too? Yeah, yeah, I'm are enjoying you, it. Are you a good golfer? I will not say I'm a good golfer, no. I struggled, <laughs> I've struggled recently. So you're a bit of a hack and you, and you carry around a lot of sand, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, but I do play with Ben Old and he's a bit of a, a, bit of a prodigy, they call him. Okay, so who's the best golfer in the, in the club? It is pretty even between Ben Old and Gary Hooper. I think they play the same handicaps. I think Hoops won the other day, so go with him. Mate, the last one I just want to touch on is the Uber Eats. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was going to say, you've got a massive engine, right? And so 
like I said, there's no issues about your fitness or anything like that. But uh, so is Uber Eats, are we talking only the healthy options? Is this like the, uh, the, the above five-star uh, restaurants? Is this the ones we're talking about? No, that was probably a bit of a rush question, <laughs> trying to be, be tilly all his time. Um, but no, I do prefer home-cooked meals. Um, I can maybe just edit in the fact that uh, the question was, on your birthday, what would you prefer, home-cooked meals or Uber Eats? And you said Uber Eats, so it's only for today. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there, was, there was two extra questions that we would have gone to if you hadn't called out uh, Nuno, but uh, like I said, being an intelligent uh, midfielder like you are, you were able to, uh, to follow the instructions. So the last two, which won't add anything onto your time, Adidas or Nike? Adidas. But now, actually, since I came to Australia, Adidas gave me the cold shoulder, so I've came over to, to Puma. Okay. Repping Puma now, so thank you to everyone at Puma. And, yeah. Last one, mate, uh, I wanted to touch on was flat white or long black. Now, I know you're probably going to say tea or something like that, uh, which is going to make us laugh, but you're in Australia long enough that you would have been forced into drinking some sort of coffee, weren't you? No. No, I created Tea Club at Wanderers. Okay, tell us about the Tea Club. Yeah, no, so me, me, Dylan, Jordan, O'Doherty. Um, Dorans? He, yeah, he came, like, this yeah. was created, like, my yeah. it, when I first came. Um, yeah. Jess, the, the girl in the office, was, uh, we were thinking about putting, we're doing, like, a podcast of, like, what we would do, just sit there, we would have, like, we'd go into the, like, sort of, um the coaches offices where all the tea and that uh was and we we bought our own mugs and we'd sit there we just deliberate of what's gone on like throughout the week or that day or like that night or whatever um so i created tea club and then all of a sudden they moved us from the coaches area back into the players area because i think we were just taking up a bit of space really um but then yeah like Doran's came in Ziggy obviously came in as well. So then Juki came in. We got we got Juki drinking tea. Um, he's a coffee man, but we got him drinking tea. So. Mate, besides both loving the victory, the other thing we have in common is uh, when you made your debut, you shared the room with Alex Gershback. And uh, unfortunately <laughs> for me, I have to share the room with Josh Gershback. So, uh, yeah, we've we both got the, the, the Gershbacks and in my case, the victory in our blood. But uh, look, hopefully second time round, we might get a better roommate or a better host, but uh, we can only hope, right? Yeah, we can only hope, but uh, if it does happen for me, um, hopefully, hopefully Alex is there again. You know, it can be roomies again. Part two, part two can get on. So, see what happens. If you if you both keep going the way you are, then uh, there is every possibility of that, mate. Talking about your time in the J League too. Now, I can understand why you'd want to go back because in the A League you've scored no goals, and in the J League you scored two in half the amount of appearances. <laughs> so, you got you obviously found some scoring boots or something magic over there. How long before we can see a goal in the A-League? Like I said, you scored two good goals over there and over here we're still waiting for you to open your account. Yeah, they're all set pieces, man. My first, the, the whole five <laughs> years I was here, I was, I, was, I was on halfway line for every set piece, man. So Is that because you're too it, like, than everyone else over there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the hide definitely plays a factor. <laughs> <laughs> definitely had that advantage. Um, but no, yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, my goals over there were, were headers and stuff, so... I guess I'm getting more uh, among set pieces, you know, I can be a bit of a threat. So uh, the coaches have, yeah, recognised that here and I'm a bit amongst it more. So I think it's coming, man. I think it's coming. So what's you, a usual Christmas in the Redmayne household? Uh, my family like to travel kind of wherever I am. So um, you know, kind of my whole 
professional career, they've they've ventured to Melbourne or Brisbane or or down to Sydney. So um, we just have a quiet day uh, with the family and then bunker in for Boxing Day and watch the uh, watch the cricketers go. You a cricket fan? Cricket fan, yes. Yeah. All right, mate. Was there any chance if you didn't become a footballer, you could have been a cricketer or no? Oh, back in the junior days, I did make rep cricket, um, but yeah, I think uh, I would have been found out soon after that. <laughs> Stating the obvious, were you a wicketkeeper as well or no, you decided you wanted to stay away from the gloves that early on? No, 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 I wasn't a wicketkeeper. I was line and length bowler and a uh, opening batter. Okay, mate, there you go. I never would have guessed that. I, I would have put goalkeeper, wicketkeeper together, but, uh, mate, that's what you get for uh, jumping the gun. Yeah, we got uh, – well, my cousin, um, Georgia Redmayne, down here at uh, Hobart Hurricanes for the Big Bash. She's she's killing it at the moment, so she's, uh, she's a wicketkeeper. I'll leave that to her. No, it's pretty exciting when you watch family doing well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, they'd be you'd be equally as proud, I suppose, as they are of you, mate. Watching you with uh, all the silverware you've won at Sydney, and uh, you've made two caps for Australia, which we're hoping that you'll add on in the next couple of years. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Um, Australia's blessed with uh, some really good goalkeeping stock, so um, yeah, it, it's just a pleasure to be be kind of in and around the mix of national teams, um, rubbing the shoulders with uh, boys applying their trade overseas and. You know, you just pick up so many little things every time you're in camp. So, um, yeah, just to be in the mix is, is phenomenal. Mate, blessed and frustrated. I know you're too polite to say any different, but uh, like I said, your form's probably warranted more caps. But when you've got guys that keep coming out of the woodwork, <laughs> like Ryan and uh, Vooker and that, it's, it's hard to get in. But, uh, you know, if you get an opportunity, I'm sure you'll take it. All right, mate, what have you guys been up to? So we know it's been a few weeks since, uh, since you guys have been on the pitch. What's been going on? You guys been playing cards or... Some of the players been uh, teaching you guys some new tricks. What's been happening? Yeah, not too much, to be honest. Uh, I got COVID for a bit, so just played a lot of PlayStation. Um, I play Fortnite, so I just play a bit of that with some of the boys and get a few wins and carry some of the other boys. Um, who, who are the gun players on uh, on Fortnite? Is there some players that can really play? Oh, yeah, Suman. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, Rusi, not too bad. Um, where they're, they're the main two that play. Um, is there particular then, skins you use? Because, I, like I said, I, I'm not an expert on this, but my little fella plays quite a lot. He reckons there's a Harry Kane skin and there's like uh, a Spider Man one. Is or is he just taking the Mickey out of me? Is that is that? No, nah, no, there is. But yeah, there's all different ones. Um, I mainly use the Spider Man to be honest. I'm a big, big fan of Spider Man, so I just use that one. Um, and to be fair, Zoom and stuff uses that one as well. So, and then we just come up against other teams and absolutely smack them, which is good. Do you two play together? Is that is that how it works? Yeah, so you can play like duos or squads and you just come up against other teams and you kill them and you do like dances on them and stuff and just a bit of fun. Mate, my plan is I'm going to hit up Ante Milicic and see if he'll team up with me. So without <laughs> knowing, we're going to come on undercover and we're going to get on Fortnite and we're going to, we're going to smack you guys so that you guys are putting your place and you know your real place in the game, right? Beautiful. I'll take that on. <laughs> I just got to get hold of him. I'm, sure, I'm sure Ante's wrapped. He'll be wrapped to do that. He can't wait. Yeah, he'd love it. <laughs> Mate, he will. Like I said, he. I'll, I'll meet him at the coffee shop. I know he goes down the coffee shop normally once a morning and gets his coffee. So I'll make sure I'm just sitting in the chair minding my own business. And uh, I'll hit him up and see if he's keen to. And that way he can keep an eye on the players as well. It's kind of a win-win, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, Perfect. See what time everyone's going to bed each night. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just explain to the listeners about the the Brentford Youth Academy and the setup there and how it, how it uh, differences um, 
from the more conventional youth and under-23 setups in, in the other Premier League and, and Championship clubs? Basically what uh, Brentford have that I don't think many other clubs do in England is uh, they don't have an academy. So what they basically have is an A and what we call our B team, um, which essentially is just an under-23s team. It just has a different title. Um, what that means for the B team, though, is that they don't play in a an actual league, unlike most of the under-23 teams. They obviously play in the Premier League 2 or the um, some other leagues, um, which in a way is kind of beneficial because um, especially if you're a lot, a lot younger, you get to play against a bunch of different teams. So you'll have one week you'll be playing against a League 1 team that um, maybe didn't have a game on the weekend and they needed a game. So we're there to play. Uh, or And then the next week you're playing against Chelsea under-23s or you're playing against... Even I played against like a, a full-strength Arsenal team, almost a full-strength Chelsea team that just needed a game. And, you know, we're there to play because we don't play in a league. So in, in a way, it does work out. You do get a different uh, a variety of different games. Um, and obviously, you get a lot out of each game because they're completely different. So um, in a way, that, that does really help. Well, Messi, I'm not saying one bad word about him. I think, you know, he's as well something unbelievable. And uh, we are lucky to see him as well in our time here you know when and, and uh, for me to play against him as well like we said it's something that probably in the future i will look back and say oh my god you know i was there i actually had some short chat with him after one of the game it was very short it was uh, in the camp no after the game but uh, what, did you, what did you say to him it just you know uh, we finished we finished the game he had interview he won again the ball he scored hat trick probably in that day yeah. like always and I left uh, the pitch, like the last one to left to leave the pitch. I went actually, when he finished the interview, we went together in the tunnel, me and him and no one around us. And it was like kind of, you know, embarrassed. I didn't want him to say something or no. And then I just, I felt I must say something. I told him like in Spanish, you know, good luck. And he said, thank you very much. All the best, something like that. And for me, you know, those few seconds after it was, oh my God, you know, it's really happened. And You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. That was a trip down memory lane. Uh, I kind of forgot how many uh, big stars we've had on and how much fun we had with them in the Player Escape Room VIG. Yeah, it's been been a whirlwind, but how, how good has it been? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I think uh, it gives us a bit of time to digest it this week and then maybe next week we can mention which is our favourite. I think for me, Stephen Taylor is going to be hard to beat when he's saying he loves watching the Macarons with their smack faces. So, uh, And look, that's no disrespect to, um, I suppose, to Sunderland. Um, I'm not a Newcastle or Sunderland fan. It's very obvious that I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan, but uh, I just thought how honest, brutally honest he was, and how how he caught me off guard. It, oh, was, it was absolutely it was brilliant. And, and the fact that he's uh, sitting on a beach in in Dubai whilst <laughs> he's whilst he's saying that is even better. Yeah. So look, uh, like we said, it was uh, this is dedicated to your new son Giannis. So um, yeah, we hope when he gets a bit older, he'll either he'll love it, but he won't be too embarrassed by his dad or uh, your, your co-host. Look, we'll, <laughs> we'll play we'll play it back for him and uh, let him be the judge, eh? Yeah, look, we've got a few a few years before we have to cross that bridge. But uh, look, as we said in the intro, um, we are going to make or two two of our favourite segments and uh, our listeners' favourite segments are going to make a return in 2022. We probably will mash them together. So I think we're in a bit of a mismatch at the moment where we love to start to mash things and maybe that's the way of 2022. But um, The way of the future. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. We're going to bring back Fucked. Or Fiction. Or Fiction. And uh, we're also going to bring back Lost in, trans- in Translation. So... Uh, it will join our um, revolving, I suppose, our revolving bench, our <laughs> our uh, monthly segment where we, we mix this in 
uh, between GK Chef and uh, In the Know with Royo and On the Ball and some of the other segments that we uh, we throw in every now and then. But uh, look, we had a lot of fun with this before. We know the listeners had a lot of fun and we, and we do uh, challenge you to send us in, uh, hit us up on our socials and let us know if there is a, I suppose, a suggested story or topic you'd love us to cover in uh, fucked or fiction um, or if there's any uh, video you'd like us to have a crack at uh, deciphering or letting you know exactly what was said. But uh, keep an eye out for our new YouTube and TikTok channels plus um, all our other socials. So we are moving into video. Big and scary, but uh, must be done. We are. Has to be done. Yeah, I think, look, a, a picture tells, a, a, what is it, a thousand words? In our case, probably a million words. And football, you have to see it, right? You have to see it to, to believe it. So you'll still hear us, but you'll also get to see us as well as see our guests and uh, and see some segments and uh, some, some, some footage. It's double delight. <laughs> it is double delight. So um, check out our fucked or fiction post about legendary Dutch and Gunners star Dennis Burkamp. Does he have a fear of flying? Is that fucked? Or fiction. Yeah, so... Uh, know, you have to check it out. So that's what we've currently got on. Uh, plenty more fucked or fiction posts to come. But as I said, uh, please let us know if you have a suggestion that you'd like us to have a crack at. Um, Lost in translation is where we fill in the blanks that the cameras and the microphones miss and we tell you what was said. I'm going to uh, kick things off. Um, there's a post that we will send out this week and uh, this will give you an idea of the kind of flavour that we have in uh, Lost in translation. But... Uh, it, it involves a video, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a picture for you here, which you're probably better right. at than me, but uh, I'm going to paint a picture here from the, the weekend's games. Uh, it's also going to be lost in translation and fucked on fiction. It's not going to be just specialised to the A-League. It's going to be world football because we all love foot, world football and it just gives us a, a lot better ocean to, to uh, catch, some, catch some in. Big so, fish, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Let me set the scene. So um, at the weekend, and I was super excited about this, there was the late winner from Kane for Spurs against City. At City, which is uh, even more so, so fantastic. I, I, knew, I knew you were going to bring this up at least once in, yeah, this, in, the, in this podcast. So. We did. Well, City have only lost two games, uh, three games this year, and twice it's been to twice underperforming Spurs. Spurs. Yep. And it also opens a title race because Liverpool were probably thinking with worse, uh, with inferior goal difference that they uh, the, the title race was probably pretty much done. They'd need three wins in the next 13 games, or three wins more than uh, what City need in the remaining 13. But now yeah, this has kind of blown things open a bit. Yeah, look, as a United fan... I don't want either of them winning the the, the Premier League, but um, you've you've just opened a, a massive can of worms because now the uh, the Liverpool fans are all chirping up and uh, they they starting to believe again. Look, if I'm going to hear chirping, if it's a result of Spurs having a fantastic win against the champions, I can live with that. All right, all right. So let me just set this for you. So seeing the scene. Pep falls down to one knee, I think it was, and Conte, who can become very excitable, I'm not sure how to say that in Italian, but uh, he goes running and jumps into a crowd of his coaching staff. I'm not sure where he thought he was going to land. I'm not sure that they thought they, they knew where he was going to land, but uh, it was a fantastic scene. It only goes for about 10 seconds, so it's short and sweet, but... Uh, you know, you can't actually – you can see from their gestures and how they react that they're, they're obviously feeling total opposite emotions. But uh, you don't actually know what was being said or what they were reacting to. Now, I know everyone thought it may have been in response to the winner for Spurs, but I'm going to tell you what actually what actually happened and why they were responding the way they were. Go on, what was it? Because I've got, I've got an idea of what it was as well. It's actually that the news had broken that Pep's daughter Maria's rumoured love interest, Deli Alley, had just agreed to finally get off Spurs' books – and move to Merseyside. 
So Pep couldn't believe that now he's going to have to use some of his squillions to uh, pay for uh, potentially his uh, daughter's broke-ass boyfriend because he didn't know what the new contract's worth. And I'll be honest, there's no possible way Everton paid what uh, Spurs what did. Spurs were paying. Well, when he was playing there, he was one of the next big things. He'd scored 15 goals in a season. He was in the England squad. It's been three years now, three or four years with... All sorts of different coaches from Jose to um, Nuno to Conte and none of them seem to have got the best out of him. Even when uh, he got a short reprieve from uh, Mourinho when he said to him, are you uh, Dali Ali's brother? I think that might have offended him and upset his ego. So he did get a bit of a response for a couple of games, but that pretty was short and sweet and died. So, yeah, that that's finally where Spurs have just uh, found out now that, like I said, they no longer have to pay for him. He only wanted to ever really pay. The only person that ever got the full value out of him for Spurs was uh, good old Pocha. And so, yeah, he was sitting there thinking, now there's another expense I don't need. I'm going to have to fund, uh, you know, maybe potentially a house or a holiday or a car or something for not only my daughter, but also for, her, um, you know, her deadbeat uh, boyfriend. Uh, you know, well, down on his luck, footballer Dali Ali. But uh, Spurs were like, "You beauty, we're going to have a little bit of money to spend in the transfer window. I can actually go out and buy someone that I want, not someone that I only use for conference uh, special need league games." So, yeah, that's that's what uh, was actually happening there in that picture, and it had nothing to do with Harry Kane scoring the winner against City. Yeah, look, I think Conte, Conte <laughs> was off for the race. Oh, I thought it was an arranged marriage and uh, Pep, Pep got down on one knee and uh, <laughs> asked Conte if he'd marry him. Conte's gone, how good's this? I get to marry Pep and he's run off. And, uh, and Pep's gone, oh my God, I'm stuck with uh, Conte for the rest of my life. So um, that, that was my take on it. But um, yeah. Look, I think, did I set the picture for you? Did you feel like you are actually at the game when I was describing that to you? Oh, I had it in my head. I knew exactly what was happening. Did you get goose lumps? I, I, I got a bit, of, a bit of a, yeah, goose lumps, yeah. <laughs> That might just be because yeah. you're a new dad. But, uh, yeah, look, the other thing I was thinking is maybe, uh, like I said, it, he just got word uh, from up in the uh, the box that uh, instead of um, getting his bonus this year, Pep, they were going to give it to a charity and they'd chosen Spurs. So <laughs> they'd given it to Spurs this year and Conte realised that he was going to have some money. But in actual fact, it's the same result as getting rid of Ali. So, yeah, look, I think uh, – We'd love to you to send us some videos or even if you just give us send us a link or tell us what the video is you'd like us to have a crack at. But like I said, we seem to have a knack for – I think you're good at lip reading, VIG. I'm not bad at reading people's minds. So between us, we'll be able to come up with uh, exactly what was happening in that scene. And uh, look, hopefully a lot of the times it will be actually more funny and more entertaining than what actually did happen. Yeah, let's hope so. All right, so that's the end of that. But uh, keep an eye out, like I said, not only on our socials and our new TikTok page and uh, our YouTube channel for our fucked or fiction or our lost in translation. But, uh, yeah, look, we've got lots to come. Uh, like I said, we're realising now video and getting to see your beautiful face, Josh, is uh, is what the listeners really want as well as hearing uh, the, uh, the our voices. Yeah, look, let's, let's not let's not be <laughs> uh, let's, not, let's not get too carried away. <laughs> All right, so moving into our clinical finish uh, part of the show, so our weekly Tom Hammett Award, which uh, we've explained on many occasions uh, why we give this, and this is for our best shot or uh, cracker hit or goal of, of the week. And uh, look, to be honest, now that your new ones come on the scene, the, it, you might not be going to any more weddings, so the the whole well, meaning of the Tom Hammett Award might have moved straight over to what we uh, now call it. May have. I think I scored the best goal of the week, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I think you did too, <laughs> mate. There's nothing that can beat being a for the first time but uh so look let's take out the uh, what we both think is the goal of the week there's special mentions for Berengay's delivery and J-Mac's sublime finish uh Bruno's turn whilst falling and slotting it into the top corner was another quality finish and Toure's first time daisy cutter was definitely a goal that most other weeks would have been uh, dead set in the running for but we can't go past the big scorpion kick 
the outrageous, the, the outrageous, uh, improvisa- outrageous. Impro- yeah, improvisation, outrageous. yeah, it was, it was um, fantastic. And I don't know when, when, could, when's the last time are we going back to under tens here, under sixes that Garuccio would have scored a double? Oh, you'd have to ask him. I reckon, I reckon it's 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 he's le- less than ten years old. I reckon but but less a than double. 10 years old. And when one, it rains, it and falls. two great goals. When it rains, one it falls, really, yeah. really good goal, and one outstanding goal that'll be talked about, and they're saying could be the yeah. Puskas of, of the year. Look, the first, the first goal was a, a great finish, right? Um, and then the second goal, you saw him. Yeah, the ball's gone a little bit behind him. He's falling down, and he just he, he's, he's still got his eyes on the ball. A lot of players there would have just given up on it. He's still got his eyes on the ball, and. Um, you know, gets his gets his heel to it. Brilliant, brilliant scorpion kick. He actually said in the in the post game interview that he tried something similar like that at training. So, and knocked himself out. And yeah, so <laughs> so so it's it's in his you know it's in his blood. It's in his um it's in his train of thought to to think you know I've got, I've got to try and make something of this. That's just the player he is, and that that goes back to you know the way he was brought up playing football, right? He's probably doing that in the backyard, pretending to do overhead bicycle kicks and and all these all these things. And yeah, it might only come off once in your career, but when it does, and, it, and it's magic like that, and it goes viral across the globe, it's worth it. Do you believe in coincidences? Uh, yeah. So it had to be the Wanderers, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. That he scored that yeah, against. Yeah, yeah, couldn't have been any other. The team. basket case of defending yeah. it. Look, this yeah. this season on a majority basis. Mm-hmm. I know there's some other teams. I've had, you know, I've I've been critical of sometimes the Adelaide defending and and uh, the Bulls and so on. But uh, at the moment, the Wanderers seem to have the clangers of the clangers, right? And they seem to, like I said, they're playing well. They've got good good firepower and they're scoring goals, but they still, you know, continuously keep losing three two. And you know, they, these two goals is normally enough to get well, you something two goals from the game. two goals away from home. And, yep. and you should be getting something from the game, yeah? Yeah, so look, our winner of this week's Tom Hammond Award goes to Garuccio for his <laughs> outrageous, ridiculous uh, finish. Moving on to this week's key games. So for me, it's Sydney's games against the two Melbourne clubs, Western United and Melbourne City. Um, number one and two on the table at the moment, so I think they'll be... Uh, really, really interesting to see. Look... It's a huge week for Sydney. You can't ride Sydney off. You no. know, Sydney have got... Some absolute star star performers there. They've been there and done that before. But look, eventually your time runs out, so you can't keep saying it. They need to man up. Getting back uh, Redmayne between the sticks. Uh, Lafondre start up front with uh, Cam Sobra on the weekend. You've got Barbarousas off the bench. You've got now Amini pretty much match fit. Caceres, Wilco. So look, there's it's, no excuses It's a huge now. week. So these games, they're, they're both six-point games, right? So if they lose both these games, um, you know, West United and City go... You know, ahead of them, way ahead. Into the stratosphere. Yep, they're gone. They're, they're they're out of almost out of reach. But if Sydney win both these games or, or get four points or, or whatever, it, they they start to bring themselves back closer to the top of the table and and keep um, West United and City back in, back in the pack as well. So the other game, Wanderers versus Phoenix, I think will be entertaining. So look, both on their day can uh, can be a bit of a calamity at the back, but they both have some firepower and they both do play attacking brand of football. So there could be some goals in this. So it could be uh, great for the, uh, I suppose, for the neutral fan. Yeah, and talk that, you know, Uffi could potentially be the next... Western Sydney Wanderers coach, which is next, which is the outrageous. The next to, coach to talk is about Marco that, Rudin. that should yeah, be well, it. That's it. Just leave it's it. It's outrageous to talk about that at the moment, but people <laughs> are. That's what that's what happens. And uh, Adelaide versus Mariners is interesting for me because I didn't realise, but they've sneaked up into third. Now I know they've played a couple of extra games and some of the teams are uh, behind them, but uh, Adelaide has sneaked into third. And the Mariners for me this year, okay, they've let a lot of games slip. You know, from their grasp, from winning positions as well as you know positions where they should have at least got a point for their troubles, but they are consistent. 
They haven't been embarrassed this year. They fight most games. And to be honest, they yeah, give as good as they get. They've always been in the contest they just can't, game. They just can't seem to knock out teams. They seem to be able to win on points, but they don't have that knockout punch. So hopefully towards the end of the season, as, as their experience grows and their confidence grows, uh, you know, they've made an FFA Cup final. Hopefully that they can start to land these punches. So I think it'll be interesting to see really how Adelaide are going and see how the Mariners bounce back after, you know, like I said, another close loss on the yeah, weekend. That, they'll be deflated a bit. And, and Adelaide need to, need to bounce back after getting spanked by um, MacArthur. They do indeed. So um, if they've missed tonight's show or any of the shows in the season, where can they catch it? They can catch it uh, right across the Football Nation radio platforms. Um, also available on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget our YouTube channel. Of course, don't forget our YouTube or our TikTok, TikTok. channel. Yeah, I didn't even know what TikTok was until a couple of months ago. So uh, Showing your age, mate. I thought, don't worry, yeah, I'm showing my age. Lucky but, Luca knows what, what he's doing, so he can help you out. Yeah, I know, he's, he's, the, he's the smartest of the two of us. It's not hard, though. So, um, look, we're not going to be thanking anyone tonight. We'll be thanking all our previous guests for um, all the, the absolute quality and uh, fun they've brought to the show so far this season, but that doesn't stop there. We've got plenty more fantastic superstar guests coming up in the uh, in the coming shows, but we thank them all for, um, for everything they've added to the show so far this season. We also don't want you to forget that uh, coming up on on March the 3rd, March the 3rd, yes, on Wednesday, March the 3rd, we have our huge, epic Sydney Derby cook-off between the Wanderers and uh, Sydney FC. So March the 2nd. March, sorry, March the 2nd. Huge, uh, huge cook-off. You're getting, you're, getting ahead, you're getting too far ahead of yourself. I am. So uh, that so. huge cook-off, but like I said, keep an eye out this week uh, on all our socials as well as the Wanderers, as well as Sydney's and Manu's and everybody else's uh, socials for more details about how you can be involved uh, in that fantastic event. Um, and other than that, mate, wrapped for you. Hopefully you have a good week now and, and Bubba sleeps and uh, Danielle and you can get a bit of rest and uh, your lives will never be the same again, but for the better. So, uh, mate... F- Everyone here is pumped. Uh, we're so excited for you that uh, everything went to plan and that uh, now you get to get on with the rest of your lives. But uh, until next week when we uh, – our, our last show before our huge event, the Sydney Cook-Off, until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution. Catch you then.